0: Dawson County Sheriff's Office, and this is our first edition of the Fuzz Feed. Um, I'm here today, Trooper First Class Redner with Georgia State Patrol. Say hello. How you doing? Um, So I guess this is our first podcast, so maybe we'll start off a little bit of introductions. So I've been with the Dawson County Sheriff's Office since 2017. I came here uh, with some previous law enforcement experience, um, both on the civilian side and military side um started out in patrol division uh spent some time there moved up to the rank of corporal and uh the opportunity came for me to move over into training which was uh, a goal i had um i would definitely say it came around a lot sooner than i anticipated um but it's been a great experience for me so far and uh that's currently where i'm at as uh, running our training division um trip redner uh, you want to give them a little background on yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm originally from uh, Lumpkin County. lived lived here pretty much my whole life. Uh, joined the State Patrol in uh, 2018, I believe. I've been doing it for about three, three and a half years now. Uh, I work in this area, Forsyth, Lumpkin, and Dawson Counties. It's uh, It's been a good time, just experiencing the road and dealing with the people of it. So, Okay. What did you really want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be in the military, honestly, but I was uh, colorblind, so I kind of shot down a lot of... Uh, that opportunity so
0: that does happen a lot actually it's it's quite unfortunate um yeah what did i i think i want to be a firefighter but then both my brothers are already firefighters so i was like i can't get down that road you gotta start a new trend yeah yeah there's too much to catch up to um all right so we're going to move into our uh questions so uh we did our, our little initial commercial announcing the podcast we asked you guys to send us some questions which you did so that's very much so appreciated uh so the questions we're going to concentrate on today are going to be traffic related thus george state patrol with us okay so um first question we're going to hit today um I'm, you want to lead off with that one yeah you can pick any which one you want go okay. for it well the traffic crashes uh, okay
1: anytime that you, uh, you as a citizen should call about when you're in an accident. That be any time, um, whether it's with another vehicle, a pedestrian, a ditch, uh, somebody's fence, your garage, even. Um, anytime that you're in an accident, you should call law enforcement, notify them what's gone on, and have us respond to the scene, so that we can determine what course of action needs to be done, or if we need to type up a crash report for you for insurance purposes, or go about it.
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of people sometimes they think that, well, there's not that much damage and. You know, so maybe I don't need to call the cops, right? Um, The upside to go ahead and calling is you can call an officer out there, have them come there, they'll show up on scene. Um, Go ahead and we always run driver's license and license plates as soon as we get there, okay? That'll let let everybody know everybody's got a valid driver's license, that their cars are uh, registered and legal to be on the roadway. Uh, It also lets us know if somebody has insurance or not, generally speaking, sometimes out of state, it doesn't announce, but then if, if it doesn't run with the tag and we don't get that back on a return, um, we'll always ask for that um, proof of insurance as well. Okay, so that way, it kind of, it's kind of a safeguard. And, and at that point, you know, you feel comfortable. The damage isn't that bad. Hey, we want to handle amongst ourselves. That's fine. That that can be your choice, right? But it, it, it's a safety net so that somebody doesn't leave the scene and then possibly cause more damage to their vehicle and then contact their insurance company saying you did it or somebody just come back later on and say that it was a high speed accident when it really was low speed and and try and file civil suit against you or so, something like that those are kind of some outlier incidents that don't happen with a lot of regularity but they do happen so um it, it really does safeguard you and everybody else um i think maybe some other things that are important to talk about with accidents is uh, roadway blockage right? Um, So, if you're in the roadway, the car's been been in an accident and it's really unsafe to leave them in the roadway, you can move them out of the roadway if the vehicles are movable. Uh, What I definitely encourage people to do ahead of time would be, everybody has cell phones, right, these days. You can get out and take pictures or video, whatever, and walk around the vehicles, right? Um, You'll get the position of the vehicles, make sure you get the tag number in the video or pictures and you can even get um yourself and the other driver in the video that way if the person tries to come back later leaves the scene and tries to come back later on and say oh i wasn't driving the car right no there's you're right here on video or picture evidence uh, what's your opinion on that
1: i agree i mean anytime that, that it's safe for you to move your vehicle off the roadway and open the roadway back open so that no secondary and third crashes happen behind is is always a, a smart option and As you said, with the recording, taking Mm -hmm. pictures of video, it helps us try and figure out how the crash happened, where the vehicles were, so that if we, when we do the report, we can document it, create the Mm -hmm. uh, diagram appropriately, and uh, we've got a picture evidence or video evidence that we can refer back to. So that way if somebody, if the non-at fault is saying something and the at fault is saying something, we can kind of piece the puzzle back together. That way we can figure out what really happened and issue accordingly.
0: Right. Right, and inevitably we get there, if cars have been moved, you know, there's always two sides to every story, right? And everybody has their own perception. Sometimes it's not that the person's really, that one party's lying or not lying. I mean, sometimes they are. But everybody has their own view of how things went down. And, you know, they'll they'll argue sometimes to the end to say, but this person did this. And, and I worked in an accident the other day that – it really was hard to determine fault. There was no markings on the roadway. They had moved the vehicles before I got there. Um, and one driver swarping down that, no, no, that was at fault, not mine, I wasn't. I couldn't really tell. I know I did have a unbiased third party witness and based off the information he provided, I kind of put that person who was really, was in the mindset that it was not her fault. It, I think it kind of was, right? Um, but also understand at the end of the day, the officer's report isn't the super final say in it. You have two vehicles in an accident, the insurance companies are going to hash that out, right? It's, it's kind of crazy sometimes how they divide up blame and coverage and, and, and everything, right? They'll, they'll work percentages into it and say, well, you're 41% at fault or whatever, right? Um, so, um, but yeah, sorry, circling back. Jensaki, right? Shout out. Um. But no, on that we were talking about
1: witnesses. Um, if you witness a crash, it's 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 a good thing for you to stay by and to advise the officer on scene as to what you saw happen. Because a lot of times you do have those he said she said wrecks, and you can't really determine because the roadway evidence or the vehicle evidence, the damage is done. It's it's kind of indeterminate based on that as to what actually happened, and that third party unbiased testimony can help determine a lot of the the at fault, who was at fault in that wreck. Um, Even if you think like the bystander effect where you see a wreck, I'm not going to call because there's 30 other people who saw it and are going to call. You should call and you should also stay and hang out if you truly witnessed the wreck, not just heard it or saw the aftermath of it. If you saw the wreck happen and what actually did occur, you should stay, hang out, wait for us to arrive on scene and give your testimony so that it can be documented because there's a lot of occasions like that where he said, she said, Rex happened and it's it's truly difficult to prove who is actually at fault whenever there's so much unknown variables.
0: Yeah, and, and generally speaking, like I know that when I used to work Rex, right, because I don't do it a lot anymore, um, I would generally try and get the witnesses out of there as quickly as possible. You know, get, let me get your statement, let me get your name, your contact information, and I we try I try and get you out of here as quick as possible. And you know in the you know if I got any more questions come up, I can give you a call. You know things like that. So.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, it, it, making sure everybody's safe and, and not in harm's way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my goal is to try and get the witnesses out there out of there as fast as possible because they've got other things they've got going on. Everybody has a life. Um, but if you stay, we get the information, get your statement real quick, and like you said, if you have any further follow up questions, we'll give you a
0: call and we can talk to you then. So, so kind of information. I think we're of the same opinion, right? If you're involved in an accident, no matter how minor, call law enforcement, okay? Again, we'll come out there, make contact with everybody, make sure nobody's injured, get everybody's information. And then at the end of it, if you decide that you want to report, great. If you decide that you don't want to report, you want to handle it, or hey, not not enough damage to even worry about, that's fine. But call, because it's going to safeguard you, um, it safeguards everybody in the situation, okay? exactly right yeah anytime just give a phone call um so moving on to the next question so hit and run accidents so take it away they
1: happen all the time uh especially at the outlet malls walmart home depot hobby lobby um people try and pull into a parking spot bump into somebody get out look they don't see any damage um and leave or they'll they won't leave they'll park in another spot trying to avoid oh i just hit this person i'm gonna try and just sweep it on the rug mm-hmm. um, but it, 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 in a simple parking lot wreck where you do hit somebody it, the right thing to do is to call and own up to it um, it's to let law enforcement know that hey I hit somebody that way that person's not left in the lurch hey somebody just hit my car you know it's unfortunate I got to pay for it myself or have my insurance do it. Um, it it's not the end of the world if you just if you bump into a car in a parking lot I mean it, If you sideswipe a car on 400 and you try taking off, that is a bit more of a a bigger deal. That's that's no good. Um, And people do everything for the craziest reasons. But small wrecks, though, or big wrecks, I mean, there's no reason for you to take off. You should always own up to what you did and do the right thing.
0: I mean, Um, I think along those lines. So from my point of view, um, and and this goes into more than just hit and run accidents. It it definitely covers that as well because. Oftentimes, you know, if, you're, if you're just the single occupant of that vehicle, <laughs> chances are you're the driver unless you got some fancy car that drives itself these days, uh, which I guess they're out there, right? Um, you're going to get in the driver's side. You probably won't even walk to the passenger side of the vehicle. So you get, you get home, and then you get out of the car, and then you end up walking around, or it, well, sometimes not until the next day, and you walk past the passenger side of your car, and you're like, oh my gosh, where did this three-foot dent come from, right? And you assume it came from that path location. Um, I highly encourage that when you're at shopping malls or grocery stores, that when you get back to your vehicle, do a walk around your vehicle. And um, to me, it serves multiple purposes. You um, ensure nobody hits your vehicle. Um, you're also walk around to make sure nobody's tried to break into your vehicle, um, looking for tooling marks around uh, door handles, things like that. Um, the, it's kind of a safety thing, you know, making sure that nobody has broken your vehicle, nobody's hit your vehicle, uh, and nobody's just caused whatever kind of damage to your vehicle.
1: Yeah, because we get called to a lot of those wrecks where somebody was at Walmart or Home Depot or what have you, and their vehicle was hit, but they didn't see it until the next day or several hours later. Um, and so we just have to go off of what they said for the crash report. On such and such date and time, my vehicle, I believe was struck by something, I don't know mm-hmm. what, but it was hit, and I have this damage on my my passenger side door. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you when you come out to your car and you see, do a walk around as he just said, and you see damage, that's the best time to call because that way we know that's where the incident occurred, and there's potential camera evidence that we could obtain from whatever shopping complex you're at at the time.
0: Uh, so shout out to Evan Gibson from Travelers Insurance. Um, he provided one of the questions reference to car accidents. So I'm gonna fire one back at you to make sure you actually watch this podcast. Okay. So I want to know because as an officer, sometimes we get people who come to us, um, they've had an accident, they've left the scene or, you know, hit a deer on the way home at night and then wait till the following day to report it. So for us, once you've left the scene, there's no way for us to corroborate it. There's no way for us to verify, right? So generally speaking from our end, you're more than likely to get what's called a SR-13, a self-report of an accident um, form. So I've had people come back and tell me that their insurance company won't accept that, that uh, they need a, a full report. So uh, if you would, reach back out to us, let us know, Does, do insurance companies actually accept those or no? Because that, that is one way that we handle accidents when people have left the scene and report it you know, the following day or whatever. So uh, the next one we got is distracted driving, the hands-free law. So I'm going to let Redner take this one, and then I, I may chime in as far as um, some of the uh, the secondary part of the question. So go ahead.
1: Okay. So uh, distracted driving is more than just being on your cell phone, texting, a phone call, uh, eating, eating a cone of ice cream, having a hamburger, uh, having your dog in your lap. That is a big one. Um, you're distracting yourself from – paying attention to the roadway, having both eyes on it, having both hands available to utilize the steering wheel and have a reaction to whatever may come out in front of you. Um, the hands-free law specifically states that you can't support any electronic device with your person while your is in motion. So having it in your hand, that that's against the law. Resting in your lap technically by the law stat- statute is against the law. Um, a lot of people think that because they're stopped at a red light or stopped at a, a stop sign or they're just backed up in traffic, they mm-hmm. can get on their cell phone because they're not moving. Their car's still technically on and in, in gear, so it's still against the law. Um, that's where we get a lot of our wrecks, especially in the 400 corridor between Racetrack and Kylo Church or mm-hmm. uh, Harmony Church, mm-hmm. um, is when the traffic backs up in the mornings and the evenings, people are bored in traffic and they're trying to occupy their time being on their cell phone, texting, tweeting, Snapchat and what have you and they are paying attention to their phone, looking at it and not looking at the road and they'll see somebody out of the peripheral going or they're coming up to traffic that stopped in front of them or slowing down and it's that last minute gasp reaction where they look up, see something, hit the brakes but it's too late causing a rear end collision. Um, so there's, there's so many distractions nowadays that we have and that lead to wrecks whenever you're not paying your full attention to the roadway. And uh, Yeah, a lot of our wrecks that we work in that area or in general are distracted. Whether they admit it or not, they more than likely were distracted with something. So. yep. Because the car just doesn't stop in front of you for no reason. And if you're leaving enough space, which you should, leave enough space to react to whatever may happen. If a, de- a tree, well no, that's a bad example, if a deer, car, or child Runs in front mm-hmm. of your car, mm-hmm. um, you're supposed to be able to slow down, stop, and, and attend to it as, as needed. So
0: right, and uh, I'm sure Trooper Redner has too, but I you know, I personally have worked of uh, tally accidents that were caused by cell phone usage, um, and it's I mean it, it, it I mean it's a real problem. So um, saying that, the second part of the question was people sometimes see officers in patrol cars utilizing cell phones they asked is are they allowed to do that so the legal answer is yes there is an exemption for law enforcement firefighters uh, EMS personnel basically first responders to where they can use devices while um, while for official duties okay so that being said we do encourage our officers to not do it as much as possible. However, um, for us, there, we still have a fair amount of patrol vehicles on the road that are not equipped with Bluetooth. Um, on top of that, um, some of the reasons why we do it is our radios currently are, it's an older system, um, and this region of the state is quite hilly a lot of elevation changes um, all that really does have a adverse effect on radio transmissions um, the county is working that issue they're they're pretty awesome they're pushing forward with a with a very large project to update our current radio systems uh, so that's pretty exciting um, another issue we have is our radio system is not encrypted and we've had in the past where people are doing bad things and they know we're going to get a call and we're going to respond. They will actually monitor um, our radio traffic with scanners. So sometimes we can't put information out across the radio because it will alert them that we're coming. Um, and sometimes there's other inf- information that is uh, of a sensitive nature. And sometimes that will get put out um, across uh, or will be distributed via cell phones. Um, so we do, get to use, we do use those a lot. Um, also putting if we have a missing person we put pictures out um, that that gets texted to all the officers um, and like I myself my my cell phone is hooked to the Bluetooth of my truck however I have a county issued phone and I have a personal phone one's AT&T one's Verizon so sometimes I may not have radio service in addition to not having radio service I may not have cell phone service on one or the other so the phone that's hooked to the truck may not be the one that has service so Round about all that to say, yes, our officers do use it. Yes, we try to make sure that they do it as little as possible, um, but it is allowed by the law, and again, we encourage them to only do it for good reasons, right? Because. Um, there, there is a huge distraction while using those devices. So uh, any input on that?
1: Yeah, for, for me personally, um, I just recently got a new car that has Bluetooth capabilities. So for the longest time, I was in a, an older 2014 charger that didn't have those functions. So I utilize a, a hands-free mount that would stick in the the, wind, uh, the air vent. Um, that way I wouldn't have to touch it. And I had an airbud in my ear if needed, and I would use Hey Siri or whatever function needed call so-and-so that way I could stay hands-free as much as possible but there are times and occasions where it's not that's not the the option available Um, and we do potentially have to use our put our hands on our phones and and talk and communicate but as you said I mean we live in a mountainous area and you could have reception on one portion of the road Mm -hmm. and you walk 20 feet up the road and your radio goes out but you still have cell phone service and communicating with other law enforcement or our 911 communication centers and whatnot. Um, if you have something going on you need to communicate but you can't get out on your radio, you might need to use your cell phone. Um, I mean, a great example of, of that was I had a chase that uh, started off in 400 in the Forsyth County area and we were traveling uh, southbound into Fulton County and we were at the the point of our radio reception where it wasn't getting out it was just static eat there was no communication so in order to regain communication so that we could try and notify alfred and roswell counties or cities uh, of what was going on what was heading their way so that they could potentially put stop sticks out or help stop this guy um, i utilized my hands-free device and said hey siri call our our Troop B communications, make sure I don't do that right now. But, um, <laughs> it gives it's a good function. That way I had both hands on the wheel and I was mm-hmm. I was able to talk to our communications room, advise them what was going on, what road we were passing, and, and that way we could get it stopped. And it worked out great, because we were able to exercise a pit maneuver, but Roswell was right there, they knew we were coming, and they were able to assist us in taking the guy, so.
0: Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, um, so I think we've covered pretty much everything. Uh, the questions this week. Um, if we didn't get to your question this week, don't fear. We are working our way through them. Uh, some of them we got to do a little more research on, um, and we are trying to uh, utilize our times with certain like subject matter experts, like Trooper over here. Um, that way, we're getting y'all the best information from the best sources. Okay. Um, so, Trooper edner I I really appreciate you coming in. Um, we couldn't. We couldn't. We'd have a hard time managing our call volume here in Dawson County um, without the assistance of GSP. Uh, I think our quarterly stats last uh, for the last quarter, it was over four hundred traffic accidents in Dawson County alone. Um, and and a big shout out to GSP because they, they really help us out. Um, they're they're awesome. They'll if we have officers tied up on multiple calls and we get additional calls coming out, especially ones that need a backup officer they step up they they respond so they they really are a huge huge help to us because because again um it, it's a lot of call volume to to handle some days and uh and having gsp to really assist us out is 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 a big big help so we man we, we appreciate it we appreciate y'all so we really do so if you guys have any content ideas questions please send them to the fuzz feed at org. again that's the fuzzfeed feed dawsoncountysheriff.org um give us some more content and uh, if you guys like this please let us know and uh, we'll keep doing it all right so from both of us thank you guys please drive safely out there and uh enjoy halloween